You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hey, friends, welcome back. I'm so glad that you're here today. Whether you're married or single, divorced or widowed, this applies to all of us. Today's podcast is going to be how to change your husband, but it could also be how to change others. And if you got a smile on your face and you giggle, then you're in for a great show. I'm joined today with my two beautiful friends, Shonda and Darius. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, morning, Lisa. What have we gotten ourselves into? Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's not going to end well because if God does it through us, he's going to do it in us first. Uh Uh-huh. How's your week been with your husband? (laughs) Don't answer that. Hopefully, today we can all learn as we just sit back and talk about how, why do we want to change our husbands? Why? Because they need to change. Because they need to grow and be what they're supposed to change. They need to be like us. Exactly. Great as us. And then they drive us crazy if they were just like us, because there can only be one crazy person in each house and in my house. That's right. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) But how many women do you know, raise your hand if you're listening, that want to change their husbands? Mm -hmm. All of us. Mm -hmm. All of us want to change our husbands. We meet the perfect man. We fall in love. Oh, they're so perfect. And then we get married and we're like, no, you're doing everything wrong. (laughs) You need to do it how I tell you to do it. It all comes back to a matter of our own hearts because we're selfish and prideful and sinful all the way down, right? Yeah. But what if the the ones listening today, we giggle and laugh about it, but we all know people and we've all been the people in a very hurting marriage mm-hmm. where we're mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I can live one more day like this. And if that's you, then we're here for you today. So put on your spiritual seatbelts and get ready for a ride. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Love it. All right, ladies, we have three categories that we're going to be discussing. And the first one about how to change your husband or others could be your kids, could be your friends, could be your neighbors is to seek God. Seek God through prayer, through the word of God. How does that apply to this what we're discussing today. You know, I, for me, when I first became a believer, I had been married for, my daughter was like four, three, I think, and she's 28 now. So, and I remember thinking he needs to change. Like I, I now love Jesus and now my husband needs to come alongside. So I need to change him. And there was a lot of tension, obviously, when I, you're trying to impart what your quote, and I'm putting air quotes around that wisdom. But I think that as I grew, I realized that the only way God was going to, that Joe was going to change was if God changed my heart. So I think that I had through seeking God and through growing in my faith, I really believe that that is the catalyst, which is still a long, there's still a long journey ahead, you know, going 25 years later, it's me that's changed. And in turn, God has grown my husband. So, so are you saying that the best way to change your husband is to be open to change yourself? I think so. (laughs) That's not what I signed up for. 
Me either. <laughs> Let me read a few verses about seeking so that we can really align ourselves. First of all, First Chronicles 16.10 says, Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength and seek his presence continually. And then Psalm 14.2 says, The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there's anyone who understands, anyone who seeks after God. And then Psalm 27.8 says, You have said, Seek my face. And my heart says to you, Your face, Lord. Do I see? Oh, I love that verse. We yeah. can assure everybody, and this is a promise, seeking God is never wasted time. Mm -hmm. Never. So true. You know, I had the opposite. My husband was saved before me. I'm going to just ask those that are listening that have that inverse situation because and we're going to, we're going to develop all of this, but my husband um, was a, a Bible basher. He was driving me crazy. From that perspective, I also had to seek God in a way that I needed to understand what this transformation in this bad boy was. And in turn, how am I going to live with it? Because I thought we had this safe, fun, prospering relationship and doing good things. I put that in air quotes, good things. And then when he transformed into this Christian, it became a very, very troublesome thing because, you know, God said that he came um, not even to be, to divide because he, a threshing instrument, he right. liked to sharpen us and, and to use others. So it was a very difficult thing for me to even jump on board. And once I did, uh, one of the first verses that I remember hearing is knock and it will be opened, seek and you shall find. And I, I thought, okay, if I pray, God has this magic wand, then this guy's going to lay off a little bit. I'm a good girl. I'm doing good things. I'm going to be a good wife. I'm going to be a good mother. Seek is a big, big word. It's a huge word. We have to wake up daily and quote those verses that Lisa mentioned. And if you didn't write them down, I urge you go back and listen again and write those down. And also in Matthew 6.33, in red letters, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things shall be added on. So we're praying, but we've got to seek him so that we know what to pray for. And we're going to get there as far as like, what should we, what should we pray for? What should we do? How should we act? But the very foundation of everything is seeking the Lord first, regardless whether you think yes. um, your spouse is a fanatic or whether you think your spouse is a slack, whatever one it is, our responsibility is look up. The cliche of me saying look up but it's true we can't look horizontally or we're doomed and and we're going to probably share a little bit about our just tumultuous that that wonderful marriage almost ended uh, in a very bitter horrible way but here we are here we are um strong and seeking together right and even mm -hmm. even the seeking part the seeking isn't just looking for searching for it's building that relationship with and then it's bringing your burdens to God because ladies, be careful who you complain to. Yeah. I know yeah. I've been guilty of complaining to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Find yeah. one person that will point you to God. Call the person that's going to point you to Jesus, that's going to take you by the hand and pray for you. And then I challenge you, be that person for someone else. Yes. Amen. Like, yes, we want to hold the space for that person. We want to be a safe place where they can come and lay their burdens down. But if they leave more bitter, more frustrated than what they came, 
then we're not serving God. We're not pointing them to God. We're not ministering. And ministry is in every aspect of life. If someone's coming to you to vent, complain, or even just be broken in front of you, be careful. Be careful that you're not, you know, I can say I understand and he should have never done that, but, but I'm going to turn you around. Let's yeah. look up. Let's, what's your job in this? What is God calling you to do? And it's interesting, dearest, because, you know, I'm on the other side where I want to share and I want him to know. And there's this, there's this great quote that I read once and it says about a woman who prayed for 40 years for her husband. She wrote verses on the mirror. She, you know, sent him videos, um, gave him Bibles. And then one day she got on her knees and said, Lord, remove anything that's stopping my husband from coming to you. And poof, she was gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great. Bible says That's that we can so win great. over our husbands without a word. Yes. yes. Without a word. And it also says we don't want to be like a dripping faucet. What? Who are you talking to? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not a nag or annoying at all. Mm -hmm. uh, me either. Hello. <laughs> we're all three the perfect wife. I know. We are. We really are. That's our story. We're In our own eyes. Right. Yeah. And I, I think part, part of seeking is also confessing. When we're yes. seeking and spending time with God, it's a time for you to look inside and say, what unhealthy patterns have I been repeating in my marriage? Yes. How yeah. have I reacted incorrectly instead of responded in love? Yeah. And yeah. then talk to God about that. Let's yeah. turn it around. Let's turn the beat around. And <laughs> just, it's such an important part of growing in your relationship. It has to begin with looking at yourself. And that's hard and hurtful because I'm always like, why is it so one-sided all the time? Because I don't know about you guys, but the only person that can do anything to change themselves is the person that's seeking God for help. Yes. Yeah. Amen. I was thinking of, you know, we, I think in, in a prior podcast, we talked a little bit about seek and how I hated playing hide and seek. I didn't like to hide. I did. I like to be the seeker. I didn't like to hide. I say, okay, I'm here. I'm it. I give up. I didn't need to win. But when I was the seeker, you know, there's a there's a desperateness in seeking. When you're trying to find someone, a lost child, and seeking God is not desperate. Seeking God is patient because He's a patient God. If He was again a magician and would just wave that magic wand, then we would look for Him, get our answers, and go our merry way. But seeking is patient. It's it's um it's methodical. It's it's a verb. We need, we need to do it. We need to, to put our hand on the plow, open up our word. Again, like Lisa said, find those friends that are not going to tell us, get a divorce. He's yeah. a jerk. We don't need someone to tell us what we are carrying in our heart. You need something better. You know, all of those things, those are lies from the pit of hell. Because if we made a mistake by choosing our spouse and by saying I do, then too bad, so sad. We're, that's not God doesn't say, oh, yeah, you did mess up. You know what? Leave him because he hates divorce. He allowed it because there's a there's a purpose for it, for him to be glorified. And we need to seek that which he's going to use in other, somebody else's lives right. or in our, just for our, our growth to look at him and say, yes, you did this because I'm getting there. I can't believe the miracle of my marriage because my marriage is a miracle. And I can't believe the, the, the fruit of that miracle. I still see it in something as simple as not being by myself, having a companion in decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, and to seeking like when, I mean, when we're trying to change our husbands, we're, we're trying to change them 
so that our lives are better. We're not trying to change it. At least we, when I say we, I'm saying Shonda. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to, I wanted him to come alongside me so that my life would be better, so that he would go to church with me, so that he would pray with me, so that he would be the spiritual leader of the home, because then the weight of that would be taken off my shoulders. It wasn't because I wanted him, you know, I mean, of course I wanted him to be saved, but I wanted him to be saved because it would be easier on me. Not because- you know, but God used all of that time to strengthen me where if Joe were a believer right away, maybe I wouldn't have been as strong and having to seek God for my spiritual health rather than my husband. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're, if you're listening to us and you're like, I don't even know what it means to seek God. Well, bending your knees in prayer with a Bible open before you and spending some time seeking God. What does that mean? Seeking his attributes, seeking his presence, seeking his wisdom. Colossians 3:12 says, "Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves." It says you must clothe yourself in tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Write that down on a card and let that be your starting point. That's what you seek God for. God help me to be tender-hearted. Extend mercy with a tender heart. Help me to show kindness. Help me to walk in humility, to be gentle, and to be patient. Being patient is part of changing your husband because guess what? God is patient with you. And as you seek God to change your heart and grow those attributes in your life, then you're allowing God to work through you to reach your husband, to make his heart tender, humble, and gentle. But it's not about us forcing him, teaching him, or telling him what he needs to do. It's about us first learning it and showing it, being an example of that, giving them something they want to desire. Because then not only do they desire you, but they want what's inside of you. And that's God. Mm -hmm. I agree. And Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And that is Again, seeking God with a surrendered heart. And in Psalm 119.11, thy word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you, Lord. We need the word hidden in our heart so that eventually at the moment of a battle, we don't really act accordingly. We don't really dig deep into our heart to find those verses and then act accordingly. All of us, um, as godly as we look and are, and we are, we mess up and we sin against the Lord when we have those ugly thoughts or I can't stand this guy or why did I marry him to begin with? What an idiot. And that's putting it all mildly because some of us go there and you may be listening and you may have battles that are, you think, irreparable. As time goes on, the Lord will reveal to us through his word that's hidden in our heart. You shouldn't have said that. Look at what how he reacted to you. In the abundance of words, sin is not lacking. You should have shut up because I asked you to be quiet. You learn. And those hidden words that are in our heart, they come up. And then it's a little bit easier to go back and say sorry if you're supposed to or to accept a sorry if it's do you. Again, that takes time. Like Lisa was saying, it takes time. That seeking is not a hide and seek. I found you. I win. I'm you know, I'm the winner. No, it is a lifelong process. And we're talking about husbands because the three of us are married and this happens to be on husbands, but apply it to your parents, your kids. 
um, whatever, oh, any relationship, friends, coworkers, bosses, seeking is a lifelong endeavor. It benefits us in the long run. We just don't see it right away. It's not a 5k. It's a marathon. It's continuous. Yeah. And I wouldn't you agree, like finding one or two scriptures, they don't have to be these long scriptures that you can memorize that can be your go-to. For me, I, I have that Exodus 14, 14, Lord, you will fight for me as long as I be still. Sometimes with my husband, I'm just like, oh, where I just have to be quiet. You yeah. know, Lord, God, you're going to, you're going to say all the words that need to be said through either through my mouth or through my actions. And if I'm quiet, when I want to react, then God is going to speak through my gentleness rather mm -hmm. than my words, which sometimes I mean, if I'm patting myself on the back, I can come back with some good ones. When I'm angry, which are not good. And I'm saying that very sarcastically, but I know that if I do remember those verses and like you said, you, they're not going to be like right there in your brain. But if you memorize those verses, like you said, you hide it in your heart, overflow of the heart, the lips speak. If you hide those verses in your heart. One of the things that taught me again, the Lord, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. And wow. that's, that's in Psalm, but I have to Psalm tell you 34, 34, but in Habakkuk, this verse is short. Shauna, the minute you were talking, I thought, I need to share this right now. As a wife, as a feisty wife, I have a response for a lot. I've always wanted to be that gentle and quiet spirit. And I think I've developed that. But my character, the way that God wonderfully and fearfully made me, can be sharp at a moment's notice. I mean, it just it, something can just spark it. And I'm like, why did I say that? In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20, I have memorized that. And I say it all the time. I'm talking about for years now. My husband says it all the time, too. Both of us learn. And this is, again, seeking God. And so he taught us. And so now we apply it, which is, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. And it just basically says, dude, like baby girl, I'm here. Shut up. That's how I picture him talking to me in a circumstance where I say something like, hey, what? I know. I even know sometimes because I want to pinch it. Sometimes a good little argument is kind of fun. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Ugh. That little short verse takes you far. Girls out there, whoever's listening out there, the Lord is in his holy temple. Just shut up. And, yeah. that, and that moment, sometimes, you know, the proverb says, sometimes answer a fool according to his folly, but don't answer a fool according to his folly, which means you need to wait a second and see, do you react or and so that's all part of this husband situation of, man, do I answer him? Because I'm going to get a good, I'm going to get a good fight tonight. <laughs> and girls, sometimes a good fight is manipulation. I don't even want to get into details with that. Sometimes it's manipulation. If he doesn't talk to me, I'm a, I'm a better piece. Yeah. Gosh, if we're in a fight, now I can do my thing. And that's just another podcast altogether. Yes, it is. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> Okay, so we have seeking God. Mm -hmm. Seeking God is our number one. And that's part of seeking God is recognizing that you cannot change your husband and your attempts to will probably damage your relationship. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. Number two is to pray fervently. And James tells us to confess our faults to one another and to pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervent prayer is passionate prayer with sincerely calling out to God and not giving up. So if you're listening and you've given up praying for your husband, today's your invitation to come back to the throne where you can seek grace and mercy in your time of need, where you get help. Where does my help come from? 
my help comes from the Lord has nothing to do with me or the books that I've read even if they're Christian the Lord God Almighty and his holy word is my help amen so then that moves us into the second part after seeking you're gonna serve and that wow that's a lot that's a lot the first part of serving I would say is a spirit of humility Mm-hmm. And we go back to what we read earlier, gentleness. Yeah, it's uh, what's that verse? A gentle, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Could mm-hmm. that be any more applicable in our marriages or not? Yes, you know, and because really, we we stand before God and give an account. As believers, obviously, we don't stand in judgment before God, but we do have to give an account. And those words, they're either going to be life giving or they're going to be life zapping <laughs> for our husbands and our kids. Like you were saying, Doris, you know, everybody, our parents or the people in our lives, are we serving them by, a, like Lisa said, a spirit of humility and a gentle, quiet spirit? Or are we self serving and obnoxious? And I can sometimes be the latter. <laughs> And we also, when I say we, I mean me, me. Me too. Sometimes I serve because I want you to serve me back. Yes. And then I'm like, but look what I've done for you. Well, (laughs) that's not serving God. That's serving man. And serving man has no profit or benefit. But serving God, we're told in the scriptures, in Matthew 6, 24, it says, no one can serve two masters. For you'll either hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other because you cannot serve God and wealth. But I'm going to replace that word wealth and put self. You cannot serve God and self. So if you're serving out of a place of wanting to manipulate, coerce, you know, gently convince, move it along. I'm going to show, you know, I'm, I look what I did last night and you don't do that for me. Let's serve the Lord, which serving your husband through the Lord, you know, it's like, we all say, here I am, Lord, send me. And he's like, good, you're at home, serve him. And you're like, wait, who, what? Did you see what he said to me last night? No, serve your husband as you are serving to the Lord and do it with all of your mind, all of your strength, all of your soul, serve your husband, whatever you do, do it work heartedly as for the Lord and not in man. That's Colossians 3.23. And it says to serve not lagging behind in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. What's the verse that says, you know, do whatever you do for for the least of these, you do for me. Like sometimes our husbands, <laughs> you know, qualify as that. Yes, that's Matthew. Matthew, that's Matthew right? Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I remember listening to this. Um, it was a Bible study, like a, I went to visit a conference and the lady said, you know, whatever you're doing, whether it's putting away the dishes in the dishwasher, keep repeating, I'm doing this for you, Lord, this, even putting this dish away, I'm doing it because I love you. So everything you do in your marriage and your, the raising of your children, your job, you know, if you keep reminding yourself, you're not doing it for you, you're doing it as a love offering to the Lord, no matter how minimal it is. Right. Yeah. Isaiah 54, 5. Isaiah 54, 5. If you remember this, which I just thought of it right now when Lisa said that, because when when you don't want to do something for your husband and you want to do it unto the Lord, the verse says 54, 5, for your maker is your husband, capital M. The Lord of hosts is his name and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. That first part for your maker is your husband Mm. you have to keep that at the forefront he is our husband he's our true husband in the proverbs it also says that a wife is the crown of her husband so we have to be the crown of jesus the lord 
first and foremost, and then we become. We have to get our eyes off of how our husbands react. We have to get our eyes off how our husbands are and how they have chosen to behave in a certain situation. For us, we've been married a lot of, all three of us have been married. I've been married 30 something years. And so we have a lot of years under our belt. But I think of my daughter-in-laws and I tell them all the time, push through. You're not getting beat. You're not getting, you know, something horrid. It's just, you don't like the way he answered you and you don't like the way he eats or you don't like the way he leaves the toilet up. Fill in the blank. Those are not valid. Somehow, some way, our eyes need to be on that. For your maker is your husband, capital M. He is our husband. God is our husband. God is our husband. And we happen to be here on earth, married to me, Eddie, Lisa George, Shonda, Joe. It's just something that we have to keep, again, in mind, because we are the crown of our husband. And if we don't feel like we're their crown, but we are the crown of our husband, but we have to start being the crown of our God, that husband first, and we're going to be better. And that's what we want. We want to be best, actually, eventually. Um, But that's hard to attain sometimes, but we want to be best, but at least better. Yeah. And the Bible has a lot to say to wives, and it's continually to submit to your husband to show respect so when we're talking about serving think about that you're his helper genesis says that god created us to be their helper not the holy spirit yeah Mm. not their holy spirit we're their helper but in first corinthians 11 it says be imitators of me as i am of christ and it goes on to say that i understand that the head of every man is christ and the head of his wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. As you're thinking of serving your husband, don't serve him as you wanna be served. You know, I don't know if you've ever picked up the book, Five Love Languages. Look at how your husband shows love. That's probably his love language. How does he express love to you? Because if you don't see him saying, I love you all the time, but he wakes up early to make you a protein shake in the morning or make sure the gas, his love language might be acts of service. If he Mm -hmm. like, can you come and sit down with me and watch this game? And you're like, I hate football. His love language might be spending time. If he brings you gifts all the time, it might be gifts, words, you know, try to love your husband as he wants to be loved. If you've been married more than a year, he's probably asked you how he wants to be loved. Yeah. You're not affectionate enough. You're not expressive. I wish you were more like this. Don't take it as an insult. Take it as a request and love your husband. Serve him by building him up. Let your words be seasoned with salt so that when he leaves the house, the words that he hears out of your mouth are words of encouragement and building him up. I know that I can be very critical of others because I see things so darn clear. Like it's black and white for me. Just do this and it'll be better. But you know what? That's not the way to change anybody. That's not the way to encourage growth or them to soften their heart towards God. How can you serve your husband? First, that humility. What does humility come from? It comes from recognizing having a fear of God. That's what makes us humble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. False humility is being, okay, I'll do whatever you say. True humility comes from recognizing we're serving the almighty, powerful God of the universe. He is God. I am not. I take my rightful position under God, under my husband. Does that mean that I'm less than my husband? No. Mm -mm. It means that I trust God enough to respect his position as husband and head of the household, which I know for young women is so... I had a conversation with the most beautiful young girl the other day about this. (laughs) 
And we just went through some of the scriptures and we talked about it. And she's like, but I don't get it. And I'm like, well, I don't get it either, but I accept it. It's true. That's the, that is the crux of the Bible. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, what? I don't understand. In the submitting part, you were saying, I looked it up and it said submitting means putting others before yourself. Again, serving. It means not always doing what you want to do. Again, serving. Right. <laughs> it means putting God's desires above your own which is so true. I mean, if we think about it in that context and with that description, it's so much easier to submit when you're doing it because you're doing it for the, when you're putting somebody before yourself rather than thinking of it as this awful word, which our society has made it so derogatory. Yes, I am submissive to my husband because I'm putting him above myself. That's good. That's good, ladies. That's, That's something great. you should you should aspire to because uh-huh. we, it's hard. It's hard to do. Yeah, three stronger women than the three of us sitting right here. But we know that submission works. It brings harmony. What it does is it compels our guys. First of all, it diffuses anything that they have against us without a doubt, whether you agree with me or not out there. Men are wired a certain way because that's what he wanted them to be. And we are wired a certain way because that's how God wanted us females to be. There's male and there's female. And so there's a desire from the beginning of time when Adam and Eve were cursed, there was a desire for men to feel like they are the heroes. And there's a desire for women to be loved. And so he clearly later on, many, 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 many years later says, husbands, love your wives, wives submit to your husbands. That is the formula. And it, and it's a, it's a circle. It revolves perfectly. The more you submit, I'm not, I am certainly not my husband's doormat, but I'm not a, a source of contention. And when I am, he doesn't love me. And then if he doesn't love me, then I submit less because I can't stand him. It doesn't work. The perfect formula as a former math teacher, like the elder, but you have to do it this way. Plug in this. When you plug in this, then you get the results. Yeah. And you don't get to, you don't get to um, not submit because your husband's not loving you. You know, like, right. like God says, love your husbands, love your wives. But that doesn't mean that you don't get to submit because your husband doesn't love you. You're responsible for you. If Excellent you submit, point. then you're responsible and accountable to God, period. It's kind of a relief, isn't it? It, like, is. it is. It's like, whew, thank you for taking that huge burden off me. I don't have to worry about what he's doing because he's going to be responsible and accountable to you. But I have to do what I'm supposed to do, whether you like you and I uh, or and Lisa whether we like it or not <laughs> because we are very um feisty we are feisty what I have a feisty. quiet spirit We're spicy. I don't know what you're talking spicy. about me and that for joining us for today's <laughs> We're out of time podcast. but we have our hope you will like coming and next week and we we're going to give you the solution if you're Follow having a hard Instagram time we're going to share friends. a little bit more about the wife's podcast, job to your the wife's calling and we're going to talk about what you can do if you're having a hard time getting your husband to conform to your rules ha 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 Thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.